0: You are listening to Certification Conversations from The Standard Show. In collaboration with BSI Certification, helping organizations to embed best practice. Today's episode is on the Innovation Management Kite Mark.
1: Hello, my name is Matthew Chiles and this is Certification Conversations a podcast series from The Standard Show, developed in collaboration with our friends at BSI Certification. Now, this series features some key standards and certification schemes, and explores how they help organisations of all types and in all sectors to improve the way they do things. With our guests, we discuss how organisations can use standards to manage psychological health and safety in the workplace, how they can demonstrate their carbon neutrality, how they can put their customers first, and how they can provide protections for vulnerable consumers. This episode is about the Innovation Management Kite Mark and our guests are BSI's Rahul Shah and Chris Parry. Rahul is Built Environment Development Director for EMEA, supporting clients in terms of their digital transformation, innovation, sustainability, safety and quality. And Chris is a Senior Business Development Manager Supporting clients in how they manage their organisational processes and deliver their services to customers. I spoke to Rahul about why and how the Innovation Management Kite Mark was developed, and also about its immediate and ongoing benefits for organisations. And I spoke to Chris about the sort of organisations the Kite Mark is for, and how they go about achieving it. Before we hear from them both, here's a quick guide to the Innovation Management Kite Mark.
0: The BSI KiteMark for Innovation Management is an award for organizations who want to demonstrate their innovation credentials and ensure that they realize the true value of innovation in terms of return on investment. The core of this KiteMark certification scheme is based on the International Standard for Innovation Management, ISO 56002. The certification scheme is designed to measure the actual outputs of innovation. This helps organisations to focus on realising value and achieving tangible business benefits from their innovation programmes.
1: So hi Rahul, welcome to The Standard Show. Thanks for having me. Now let's begin like we do with most of our guests. What's been your standards journey? How did it start for you and where are you now?
2: As a, as a mechanical engineer, graduated, you know, in early 2000. And in my early career, I worked in the manufacturing industry. And what was fascinating to me when I joined the manufacturing industry, you know, seeing the benefits of standardization of process and standardizing parts, dimensions, characteristics, you know, materials and so forth. And what amazing things you can do by adopting standardized processes you know in terms of mass manufacturing automation of processes and so forth so that was my sort of early access to you know the standardizations uh, not knowing the vast world of isos and you know the other standardizations that exist because i had just passed out of you know the university and i started into the manufacturing industry but but since then you know i i worked in the architectural practices uh, with the main contractors, with asset owners and developers and and, and been responsible, you know, for the past 15 years before I joined BSI two years ago in 2020, uh, you know, I've been working in uh, largely the built environment, you know, from design consultants like architects, main contractors and developers, as I said, implementing digital technologies such as BIM, and the benefits of the standardization in that space, are, you know, I've seen firsthand implementing framework, early frameworks such as PAS 1192, which are now, you know, ISO standards, ISO 19650. And, and, you know, the, the benefits that I've seen is tremendous. So, so it's been quite quite interesting journey for me, you know, having seen, you know, the application of standards, uh, you know, practically in manufacturing industry where it Facilitate, you know, the, the mass manufacturing, automation of processes, and so forth, and into the construction, architecture, and 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 asset owners. What what's what what I've observed, Matt, is is quite common is that how standardization also facilitates the quality, you know the quality of products and services, you know, and, and as I said, you know, having worked in manufacturing and, you know, architectural practices and others, you know, I've observed one thing that having once, you know, having, you know, the standardized processes and systems, you know, allows businesses and management to to monitor performance, you know, and, and improve performance and quality of products and services. So if I fast track that that journey now in BSI, two years into BSI now where I am, you know, it's so great to see this vast world of, you know, standardizations, you know, that occurs not at national levels, but regional and international level like Sandelect, you know, ISOs and, you know, BSI, you know, within UK, for example. And how, you know, it helps businesses of all shapes and sizes, you know, in terms of improving the performance and, and helping society in general. And Rahul, can you tell us a bit about your role for BSI now? Yeah, sure, sure. So in my role, Matt, um, you know, I, I work as a sector development director for AMIA uh, within the built environment. And and in my role, I support clients in terms of the digital transformations, innovation, sustainability, safety, and quality. So, so basically, you know, some of the key topics that the built environment as a sector is grappling with, you know, the top, the, the number one being the climate change and sustainability and as a sector, build sector, you know, we have a massive opportunity in front of us in terms of addressing these pressing sort of you know, challenges, you know, that that we are facing in the sustainability and climate change. So in my role, I work with you know the, the, the senior business leaders, you know, around AMIA region and support them in terms of their you know, strategic objectives and, and challenges um, around digital transformation, sustainability, safety, quality innovation uh, resilience and so forth
1: now earlier we heard our quick guide to the innovation management kite mark so you know, when and when and why was this particular kite mark created you know what what problem or problems does it seek to solve
2: um I'd like to go back in time now uh, I don't know if you're aware of you know that the crossrail is a project one of the largest you know infrastructure projects in the UK but I think I think it was around 20 11, 12, you know, when Crossrail had started uh, an innovation, quite quite pioneering program called Innovate 18. So their thinking there was that they wanted to actually, uh, you know, cascade that innovation thinking down through their supply chain, you know, and foster that open innovation culture. And in order to do that, you know, and, and, and you know, enhance the culture and mindsets within the supply chain, they started this groundbreaking initiative called, you know, Innovate 18. It's basically a way for them to engage with the wider supply chain and educate them on the importance of innovation at, you know, at, at Crossrail and, and, and how uh, they expect the suppliers to sort of foster that open innovation, you know, sort of culture. The success of that Innovate 18 program was such that the majority of the the leading organizations who were part of that Crossrail project realized the benefits of, you know, sort of formal innovation management programs and processes. And that was the first time industry, you know, as as, as a whole, you know, realized the the power and benefit of, you know, formalizing innovation management processes. If I fast forward that, you know, around sort of, you know, mid 2019, sort of, you know, one of the organizations who were involved in the Crossrail program uh, called Costain, you know, they approached BSI because they felt, Costain is a business, they felt that they had, you know, uh, seen some great benefits of formalizing innovation management, you know, processes. They approached BSI, inquiring about that, is there any any processes or solutions available within our portfolio whereby we can validate their in-house innovation management program using international best practice such as ISO 56002. At the time, uh, we did not have a solution, but we then started that engagement with the industry and we consulted many other stakeholders in the industry over the next sort of six to eight months um, uh, and ran a few workshops, uh, you know, and, and getting feedback from the industry on whether or not having such validation kind of program could benefit them. And then uh, unanimously, the, the response was yes. majority of the stakeholders wanted to have an independent sort of validation of their in-house innovation program. So this is how we started the conversation back in 2019, sort of mid-2019. And for the next 18 months or so, we worked with the industry, the likes of Skanska, HS2I3P, Costain, Polypipe, Gammon Construction, and many other stakeholders. And we developed a, 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 a validation program, call it an innovation kite mark in our language, but that that scheme that helps businesses validate their internal sort of innovation management processes. Not only that, but they were also keen to have a scheme that can help them sort of, um, you know, validate, you know, the outcomes that they are generating using, you know, the formalized innovation management processes. So this is how the Innovation Kite Mark was developed with the industry, you know, together with their input. We shaped that scheme and launched in December 2020. And since then, we are seeing, uh, you know, huge uh, number of, uh, you know, organizations sort of, you know, showing interest globally, not just within the UK, whilst we started with the UK. Now, you know, we are seeing interest globally. Now, second part of your question, you asked that what problem, of course, problems, you know, does it seek to solve, right? As I said, you know, for over 18 months between, you know, mid-2019 till December 2020, you know, we had a number of workshops with many industry stakeholders, you know, about this ISO fifty six thousand and two framework, as well as the kite mark, shaping the kite mark. And one of the things that we captured as part of um, you know these conversations with the industry stakeholders is, is some of the key challenges that majority of them were facing you know in terms of um, embedding innovation management culture within the business so for instance if we are a client like HS2 for example you know you have thousands of suppliers you know working on your program, How can you sort of scale up your innovation management sort of thinking across those thousands of suppliers? So, you know, HST was really struggling in terms of, for example, one of the things they were struggling was, uh, you know, qualifying new suppliers and, and checking their innovation capabilities, you know, and they did not have that common language, you know, in terms of assessing and validating innovation capabilities and capacity of their suppliers who are bidding for their program so that was one of the challenges that you know clients such as HS2 they they shared with us that they were facing another challenge that they were facing uh, you know is fostering an open innovation culture as i said earlier and and having that common language in terms of communicating with their wider supply chain right and and so so from that perspective when we were shaping the kite mark we 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 developed that kite mark with the industry you know, um, such that it can address these type of common challenges. You know, from suppliers' point of view, if you are, uh, you know, a tier one contractor or, or design consultants and so forth, um, the first challenge, uh, one, of the, one of the challenges that they were facing was, you know, uh, demonstrating their innovation capability. You know, how can you demonstrate innovation capability if you're bidding for a program such as HS2, for example? And again, you know, KiteMark is is developed such that, you know, it allows businesses of all shapes and sizes to not only demonstrate that innovation management capability and capacity, but also, you know, uh, demonstrates the outcomes, you know, the positive outcomes that they are generating using formal innovation management processes uh, using ISO 56002. I hope that answers your question, Matt.
1: It does, and you started to touch actually on my on the, 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 so my next question really. We started to sort of set out there uh, some of the some of the benefits. But if I if I was sitting here as a you know uh, uh, um, uh, an SME or a medium sized organisation or even a large organisation, and I'd gone through uh, achieving the kite mark, I demonstrated uh, that I should be uh, could be awarded the kite mark. You know, what are the sort of ongoing benefits for me as an organisation of achieving it?
2: Ongoing benefit for me. The first benefit is that, you know, you have that, you know, ongoing commitment for continuous improvement in your innovation journey. Because having a kite mark is not just a a one-off process, you know, it involves a continuous annual sort of audits, you know, surveillance audits as well. That means you as a business are committing to continuous improvement in your innovation management processes. And you have that platform available through innovation kite mark right so that's number 1 for me number 2 is ongoing benefits you know in terms of continuously shaping you know and embedding uh, that innovation culture within your business as well as throughout your supply chain because innovation management kite mark also sort of um, you know checks your your engagement with your supply chain, with your leadership, for example, and so forth. The the third benefit, uh, in in my in my opinion, is it allows you to sort of uh, enhance your brand value. You know, once you demonstrate your innovation capability and capacity, sort of using the independent assurance process. You know. It, it, it gives that confidence and trust to your shareholders, you know, to your clients, you know, to your suppliers that, you know, that, that you have the robust sort of innovation management processes and culture in place. You know, when you think about innovation, you know, sometimes people think innovation is just like a, like a shiny tech, you know, a new piece of software you know, or, or a new piece of technology. Yes, you know, those those things are sort of, uh, you know, could be one of the outputs of, you know, having a proper innovation thinking and culture and, and management. But, but but you know, think about this innovation management as, as a way of actually, you know, fostering that culture of continuous stream of ideas, new ideas, and have you sort of filter those ideas, prioritize those ideas and align those ideas with your strategic objectives you know so so having this kite mark is not about checking your software or a shiny piece of tech it's more about you know how do you foster this innovation thinking and and culture so so i would i would highly recommend that you know the businesses of all shapes and sizes should think about embracing you know this international best practice ISO 56002 and 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 you know and therefore the kite mark as well
0: here's me interrupting matthew's certification conversations to remind you that here on the standard show we really welcome your feedback please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts, especially if you listen to us on apple podcasts or spotify You can find us on Twitter at Standard Show and on Instagram at The Standard Show. And check out the show notes for all the ways to get in touch.
1: So in my conversation with Rahul Shah, I'd ask him about the background to the development of the innovation management kite mark and the benefits for organisations of achieving it. To get some insights on what organisations actually have to do to achieve the kite mark, I spoke to BSI's Chris Parry. Like for Rahul, I started by asking Chris about his standards journey. Well, actually, in his own words, his standards seduction.
3: Well, for me, I, I'm, I'm coming up to four years in, in BSI, but um, prior to that, I, I, I didn't have any connection with standards. I, I, I knew of BSI, but I wasn't aware of fully what they did. So I come from a bit of a varied background. I, I used to be in telecommunications, uh, which is a a posh way of saying I used to manage a mobile phone store um, and then um, I've also got a background in chemicals. Um, I spent a, a few years at a large uh, organisation that um, essentially sell chemicals uh, to different uh, businesses and then I spent a couple of years at a chemical distributor um, and then Really got, got contacted about BSI and said didn't didn't know too much about BSI, uh, but I think <laughs> I was seduced uh, really when 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 I went for the interview. I, it, it just sort of blew my mind a little bit and, and the the extent of um, what standards cover. You know, from and there's a standard for making a cup of tea and there's a, the standards that I work with like for inclusive service and just the variety. I think that's what captivated me to be honest with you um, so as I said coming up to four years um, I started uh, with what we now call uh, consumer promise um, uh, that's the sort of practice that I work within uh, within product certification um, and I started doing that uh, in what we call mainstream uh, part of the business and then about a year ago uh, I moved across to our managed accounts uh, division And um, I'm classed as a product specialist regarding consumer promise products uh, and also IoT, and digital within managed accounts as well. So essentially, if if any account managers need uh, an expert on those sort of uh, sides of things, then they'll call me uh, and I'll be the person that that speaks to the customer about uh, those specific products. Um, Really passionate about what I do. Um, really enjoy the consumer promise side of things, especially um, for those who don't know, consumer promise is slightly different than for what BSI is normally known for doing. So they're standards that are based around services and processes uh, rather than, you know, like a physical testing of a plug or testing of, you know, kite marking a grid or glass. So yeah, my, my, that's my journey really uh, over the last, like I said, coming up four years.
1: Well, it's nice to hear you being seduced by standards. As regular listeners to the podcast know, we do like to dwell on tea quite a lot. That standard for tea, we've covered that quite a few times on the podcast. <laughs> now, we've spoke to Rahul earlier about some aspects of 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 the innovation management kite mark. So, I want to ask you, you know, what do what do organisations have to do to demonstrate, you know, to achieve this particular kite mark?
3: Essentially, what what they need to do is is adopt innovation as a culture. That's what we're trying to do here. Is trying to help organisations adopt innovation in, into their everyday um, sort of working life, really. So it should be looked at, for example, as change management um, rather than just innovation. So um, helping that organisation, I suppose, keep relevant um, and help them adapt with like the, the moving sector or the moving world um, uh, as it changes. Um, and essentially, it's the, the implementation of the, the um, innovation management um, ISO, which is ISO 56002. 56002, the innovation management um, What it does, it it helps organisations embed the process and the procedures for innovation, which I always sometimes think is a bit of an oxymoron because you think about innovation, you think about it being sort of free and people sitting around, you know, having these thought bubbles and ideas and stuff. And then we're talking about, well, actually, what you really need to do is get a process in place and, and, you know, really structure your innovation. And essentially, that's what it helps them do. It, It helps them be more innovative with and, and be more successful with their you know whether it's an innovation project or or piece of software so it, it helps them implement those processes and procedures to create this innovation platform that they can use throughout the organization so when you know for example uh, innovation works then That should be the way that an organization does it throughout that organization, if you see what I mean, rather than sort of ad hoc or, you know, this department does this and this department does this and you get varying degrees of success that way. So if somebody has these processes and procedures to follow, then they're more likely to get a positive outcome at the end of that uh, innovation journey. The difference with a kite mark, as opposed to just certification, to to for example fifty six thousand and two, is we have that extra measure. So it, it, the kite mark really proves to an organisation or a member of the public that that organisation has gone further. They've they've um, really stretched themselves. So with this kite mark, what we also look at is we look at how uh, we need like a a measure, a positive measurable outcome. So we need to. That organisation to prove that these processes and procedures are actually making innovation come to fruition, if you like, making these these projects successful. Now we we understand, as everybody does, that part of innovation is also really early understanding of whether that that project or or process is going to be successful. Not all are, and this is again to sort of help that process. of We don't want organisations to get down the line right to the end and go, "Oh, this this isn't going to be successful." This these processes help you work that out sort of closer to the beginning, uh, so you're not wasting too much time or money or you know man hours uh, on that as well.
1: And Chris, who is this kite mark for? You know, what type and, and size of organisations? I mean, is it is it suitable for organ- all organisations, no matter what their sector or industry?
3: I I would say this, but I I think that's that's the brilliance of, of this uh this kite market is it is for anybody, it's for any sector. As I said before, it's about change management, it's about keeping relevant. We all know the story of, you know, for example, Blockbuster having the chance apparently to buy Netflix and they, they thought, no, we we think that uh, people still want to come into our stores on a on a Saturday night where it's actually People didn't. People just wanted to lie on the bed and choose a film without having to get up and obviously missed that opportunity because um, they didn't look at change management. Obviously, Blockbuster are no longer with us. So something like this is for any organisation in any sector. And the beauty uh, of, of what we've got at the moment is um, I, I've worked with very, very large organisations, thousands of people within organisations, all the way down to we, we have somebody – Um, who has just achieved this. Uh, I can't say their name at the moment because they have just literally achieved it, but they're an SME. They've got, I think, just under 100 people within their organisation. So it is really scalable and important Uh, an important kite mark to have and and I think that sort of demonstrates that fact that we've got people in construction, we're talking to people in all walks of life uh, with regards to the organisation and and what they do uh, about innovation because it is so I suppose valid within any business that you move with the times and that you have those processes in place.
1: Chris, you talked about ISO 56002 as sort of being at the heart of this, this Kite Mark scheme. I just wonder, are there any other requirements or systems that organisations need to have in place in order to achieve the Kite Mark?
3: Um, essentially not. No, That again, the beauty of this is it's a management system, this, uh, this ISO. Um, the, the only other requirement, as, as I said before, is um, where we have to have a positive, measurable outcome as well. We understand, obviously, in the initial... Uh, achievement of the kite mark that we're looking at the policies and procedures that you've just implemented so on the journey throughout this and, and as you may or may not know that the, the, one of the main things about an international standard is the continuous improvement part of that standard as well we want to see how an organization isn't sitting still and is you know, improving um, uh, consciously as well. And that's where this piece fits. So when we say we want to see a positive measurable outcome, from your innovation processes we sort of understand that probably isn't going to be in the first year because you're implementing them but then when we come back to do our continuing assessment visits year on year we will be looking for you an organization to demonstrate that these processes have been successful for them so there is the standard itself and then because it's a kite product then there is that other measure that we look at and that in this case is a positive
1: measurable outcome so, Chris, if I was asking you, sort of as as a final thought, you know, what what's the essence of this kite mark?
3: I, I think it's personally, and, and the evidence that I've seen as well with the, the organisations I've worked with, I think it's it's really utilising this to to embed innovation as a culture, something that is done on a daily basis. It's it's not something that should be done ad hoc, and you know, by different people in different ways, and you know, getting different uh, outcomes from it. I, I think it's really important that, that organizations don't sit still. We've seen many, you know, people come and go um, within the, the uh, with different companies. But I think, yeah, really, I, I think it needs to be adopted as a culture. The successful organizations I've i I've worked with really that, that really stands out when you're talking to, you know, for example, the innovation director or whoever it may be, it, you, you can tell straight away when that company has a passion for it um, and you can see how successful they're being.
1: My thanks to Rahul Shah and Chris Parry for these particular certification conversations and to you for listening. To find out more about the Innovation Management Kite Mark, search our website at bsigroup.com.
0: You have been listening to an episode of The Standard Show. Subscribe to us now wherever you get your podcasts.